Come on. Hello, dear listener. Before we get into today's show, quick ask. If you find value in today's show or you've gotten value out of a previous show, please leave us a quick five-star review. Be super grateful. Thanks a lot. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome today's guest, a strong and powerful Ryan Skinner. Ryan, are you ready to do this? I'm ready. Nice. Let's do this. Ryan is the president of Summit Financial Partners and the author of Taking Stock, Protect Your Wealth, and Create Reliable Income for a Happy and Secure Retirement. I'm excited to have you on. Ryan, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. All right. Thank you very much. So personal life was I was a terrible student, but through an odd set of circumstances, I got introduced to Peter Lynch, who at the time was running the Magellan Fund of Fidelity. And that opened a whole new world to me. You know, I grew up, my mom was a housekeeper. My dad had two jobs. I never even knew about personal finance. We didn't have finances, so it was real easy. But that being said, this gentleman took an interest in me because I was pretty good at, you know, basically trading stock at a young age. And I got interested in the financial industry. Um, high school, again, set of circumstances, vice principals, retired broker, took an interest in me, kind of guided me. I always had good mentors. I'll be pretty candid with you. And then eventually college, I'm working out at a gym and uh, some guy in the locker room says to me, a guy doesn't even have clothes on. He says, hey, listen, uh, I heard you thinking of dropping out of school. What if I can work you call, you know, your, your work around school? Because I had a scholarship to college, but I looked at the opportunity cost to having to go. Hmm. And through all of it, it just landed me right where I need to be. And uh, so when we got into finance, the first six, seven, eight years, I did everything for clients. I dealt with only retirees, but I would do stocks, bonds, investments, uh, fixed products. Uh, 2008 really brought me to my knees, uh, really shook me up a lot. And then a set of personal circumstances, same thing. And next thing you know, I went into the fixed side of things. And I lay off all the durable side on another gentleman and another young woman. And uh, it alleviates the stress for me and enables me to focus on what I do well. I appreciate that. The Magellan Fund. I haven't heard that in such a long time. Is is is, is that still active? Um, I, I believe it's a close fund now. I'm not even involved in that side of the industry anymore. Yeah. Pete has been retired pretty much as long as Michael Jordan has, but he was the vice <laughs> majority of our industry, I tell folks. Yeah. So um, I'm lucky he lives up this way. And actually, he lives out at your way during the winter, I believe. Okay, great. All right, so so you had you you you, you, you had a shift um, away from from working with uh, securities and the investment side of of the financial world only to the fixed. How is that? How 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 is that better for you now? It's better for me because my average client going into retirement, they come to see me not to build an estate. They have an estate. They want me to preserve it. You know, the focus is asset preservation, wealth distribution. You know, protect my nest egg and get me an income for life, an income that lasts as long as I do, keeps up with inflation, and help me build some, you know, shelters or firewalls against nursing home care. So they're not really trying to get 20% returns. They're more looking for the four to six range, but they want to make sure that they don't have the losing years. Because, you know, as you get older, the losses hurt a lot more than the gains help. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> so you don't want any of the losing years. And for people that are, that are listening, that's you're talking about a, a, a year when the stock market returns negative for the year. Yeah. Every, well, every seven to nine years, think about it. Since 1929, the market's gone down an average of 39.5 percent. 
So that tells me if my clients go live 30 years in retirement, they're gonna have through, they're gonna live through four economic storms. That means I gotta think of my head and out of my heart and create a secure income. Okay, well, I got it. So think with your head, not your heart. Um, so when you're thinking with your heart, that, that means it's more emotional? Exactly. I mean, it's very hard when the markets, you know, the last X amount of years, things have been booming and everybody wants peace of the upside. You know, we all do. Um, that doesn't mean our clients have no upside. A lot of them have some money with some of the securities advisors, but the money they need for food, shelter, clothing, you know, just to spend time with the grandkids, that money has to be secure and solid. Got it. When, when, when you're talking to folks and they're telling you, okay, here's, here's the, here are the assets that I have for my retirement. Can you help me to design a retirement income picture that I don't do, do, do most folks say, I really want to be thinking about this all the time. Or are they saying, you know, I don't ever want to think about it somewhere in the middle. (laughs) Um, Most people want us to think about it and they want to come in and have us update them. That's, that's the honesty of it all. Um, if I'm being direct, most people don't want to deal with it, but they want to know that when they pop in here, they're going to get a snapshot of where they stand today. Got it. And of that retirement income planning that, that, or the, 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 the conversation you're having with people about retirement income, is it, is it all about the, the, the dollars and the cents? Is it about the kind of lifestyle that they want to have, the things that they want to do? Tell me about that conversation. Well, you know, it's funny when I was younger, it was about dollars and cents because things were so black and white. When you're a 20 something year old kid, you just think it's either this way or that way, you know? And as you know, as you get older, especially when you have kids, you, you gain some perspective. And the one thing I realized when I, you know, so at one point I was back on my heels. I had to take some time away from the industry. I, uh, I had a drug addiction that came out of nowhere when I had some surgeries and it really ruined my life. I mean, I was off the grid for a while. And when I got a second chance at building my life, I said, you know, I'm, I'm going to build it based on like really connectable people. Like no longer 45 minute meetings with clients, like two hours I'm gonna block off. I'm gonna know who they are, what they're trying to achieve. And I'll tell you, money's a byproduct of what we're trying to achieve. We're trying to achieve time with our grandkids, or you might be a golfer, time with golf, or simply you might be into gardening. Whatever you, that client it is, our job is to get to fill that void, find out what they need for food, clothing, shelter. You know, what do they need to survive? Okay, what do they need for travel, time with the grandkids, golf? You know, what do they need to thrive? And then we build from the ground up like income architects. And then we solve for that so they can go out and really do what's important to them. Most of my clients, it's not about dollars and cents. It's about being able to have the freedom to do what they want when they want. And that certainly makes sense to me, right? I, you know, people don't want a, a 5% rate of return. What they want is the ability to pay all their bills and then the flexibility to spend their time with their loved ones or whatever it is that they're interested in doing. Do most people get that conversation or is that sort of you're, 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 you're changing the sort of conversation that they having with, with professional advisors when you're talking to them? Most people come to us, I'm going to be honest, they're so sick of this, this stereotypical, um, I don't want to say certain firms because that sounds like rude, but the, <laughs> the person who says to them, hey, we're going to manage your money, we're going to get this return, we're going to buy this asset class, they're tired of that. They're coming to us saying, hey, uh, I just want, I want to do this. I want to spend time with my grandkids. Like, just make this happen. Tell me how we can make this happen together. And that's what I tell them. It's not about you and me. This is we. We're in this together. You know, we're going to review a couple of times a year. We're going to stay on point. And together, we're going to get you there. And if this changes, you're going to let me know. We're going to, we're going to customize and work together. But this isn't, a, it's not on you and it's not going to be just on me. Like, we got to walk this path together. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. So from from your perspective as, you know, we, we, we were talking 
um, before we hit record that that we both have young kids and life changes a little bit and you're not it's just kind of a series of trade-offs um, and certainly for me my my perspective and you mentioned this has changed um, as people are, are, are getting to that 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 retirement age and they're not working anymore they they, they really want their money to last how important is 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 perspective um, how you look at a situation for for people absolutely I tell our clients this is a psychic change you're now transitioning from something the accumulation phase where you go to work every day and your money goes to work, 401ks, IRAs, and whatnot. And you try to build a nest egg. And many people either have a financial advisor or the money's in a 401k, a 403b, something with a plan administrator. So either that advisor or administrator, they're like a primary care physician. Their job's to keep the client's finances healthy and their job's to build a nest egg. But something happens, obviously, when they're chasing these ROIs, return on investment. Every seven to nine years, we have this economic storm called a correction or a crash. And that kind of you know brings it back down a little bit, you know, uh, an average of thirty nine and a half percent. That's okay when you have fifteen to twenty years ago. But when clients come to see us, this is a complete psychic change, a different mindset. You're no longer in the accumulation phase. If you're within five to seven years of retirement, all the way through retirement, you're in the distribution phase, and that's where we come into play. Focusing on retirement income, being retirement income specialist. What our job is is, you know, we work with our clients, and the focus is still ROI, but that ROI is now reliability of income knowing that you can play for food, clothing, shelter, month in and month out, year in and year out, regardless of what happens on Wall Street. And, and rather than be like a primary care physician, well, we're more like a financial cardiologist. It's very specialized because all we do day in and day out is retirement income planning. Because retirement's the one thing you have to do right. Think about it. You have a child, you might do better with your next child, right? <laughs> you have a job, you might get another career. Hell, nowadays people have like, you know, you can get remarried and try again. The one thing you don't want to have to do over is build a career because at 70 years old, nobody's going to give these people the opportunity to build another career. Yeah. Amen. ROI, reliability of income. I've never heard that before. I like it. <clears throat> what is what is something that you wish that more people knew? I wish more people realized that one's not better than the other. And this isn't about dollars and cents. This is so much greater. You know, for us, in my 20s, it was about dollars and cents on my end, too. I want to make clients high returns, and I want to make as much money as I could. I was a 25-year-old kid. After going through what I went through, you know, I'll, I'll tell you my biggest life lesson was being homeless, you know. Uh, and and I, when I was at the bottom, I realized something. I said, you know, I'm an intravenous drug user. I've lost everything. God, you give me one more chance at life. When I say God, I'm, I mean more in a spiritual realm than a religious realm. But I know there's something out there. I said, if, if I can get this chance at life again, I'm not going to squander it. And so people ask me, well, why do you do, I mean, we do three or four fun events for our clients a year, interaction. My clients know my kids. My kids know my clients. I think it's so important that when you're near retirement or retired, you need, you need to be ingrained in the person's life who's handling your money. The person who's building your retirement income, they need to know you, the fiber of who you are, because frankly, it's got nothing to do with money. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. And how about how about communicating with folks who are who are in their 20s or even in their 30s now that, that your, your perspective has changed so much and your your specialty is helping you know people who are through the accumulation phase how do you how do you well I, 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 I don't know that you're doing direct work with these folks but just a conversation with that 20 or 30 something kid who is not necessarily doing a great job saving that's a great question. In fact, I can, I can nail that pretty quick because um, you're right. I don't work with that area, that age demographic, but this is a huge, but my clients frequently send me their, their kids. Mm. Um, 
I'll go one step further and say that, you know, I have, I have staff members um, that are like family to me and I stress to them, save retired. Like in my twenties, I squandered everything this time around. You know, I took advice from somebody who said, don't buy something if you can't buy it twice in cash. I don't live a fast lifestyle. I just live it nice and conservative. I make sure that, you know, and when you don't have pressure on you, you're able to do whatever it is you're trying to do. You do better because if you're not worried about money and, and dollars and cents, you can just be present in the moment. And I think so many kids are worried about, you know, the latest and greatest technology, all these distractions that they don't get to really be present and they miss it out a lot. Don't buy something if you can't buy it twice in cash. That is a powerful thing right me. there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what a what a what an important message right there because when you're twenty or you're thirty, well probably twenty, right? You're thinking, Well, I'm gonna be rich and now we have, you know, Instagram, which certainly wasn't around when, when I was in my twenties. Um and I didn't need it because I still thought I was going to be rich, Ryan. You know, <laughs> me too. Um, so getting getting people to shift that perspective in in such a tough time that we live in, uh, when you know we, we've 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 always compared ourselves to other people, but now there's so many other ways to to do that so much faster. Um, getting people to to have that sink in a little bit that's so valuable. Yeah. So I um. I'll hold my opinions on things like Instagram and Twitter and all that other crap. But um, <laughs> I'll say this. There's a gentleman who plays a big role in my practice in mentoring me as an individual and as a person. And he also works with Nick Saban. He said, Nick Saban doesn't even know how to text. So what? You know, Nick Saban, um, the Alabama Crimson Tide, the football coach. And all these championships, he said, no, he doesn't doesn't get into it. And I laugh because my people, my, my clients have found more. You know, they'll tell me, oh, we saw your Facebook girl. We saw you LinkedIn. And I'm like, I've never seen it. I don't do technology. You can send me a text. You can send me an email. You can do whatever you want, but it's like a smoke signal to me. I'll respond to it quick, but it's not, I'm not going into detail. I'm not making it elaborate. My response is usually, yeah, let's set up a call. Um, I don't like any of that stuff. I feel like it sets the bar too high. Usually if you're looking at somebody's Facebook or Instagram or whatever the hell these kids have nowadays, anybody who's taking the time to take these pictures to post it, they're not present in the moment. Things can't be that good. When things are that good in your life, think of the best moments of your life, whether you're winning a game, you're playing sports in high school or college or or you're with your kids, you had that special moment. Chances are, maybe, maybe somebody snapped a picture of me and gave it to you, but chances are, if you're getting somebody to take a picture of you, it's not that good. <laughs> that's, that's an excellent point, right? I mean, what makes a great picture is not that it was staged and, and you ask your buddy or whatever to take the picture. So amen to that. Yeah. So living in the present moment, it's obviously we all know that we should be doing that. Uh, I've been guilty and I've been working on it pretty diligently for, for, for really this, this, this year of not looping on things and thinking about stuff that's happened to me in the past um, and then projecting out and looking forward and all that good stuff. Cutting out technology, is, is there what else do you do that, 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 that helps you to be present all the time? So for me, when I got sober and clean, um, you know, being, being, I mean, I'm a recovered heroin addict. So that's where, that's where my bottom went. A guy who never did drugs in high school and college suddenly uh, has a couple of surgery and gets introduced to the opioid world. Um, for me, meditation is important. Uh, mindfulness. I start every day. I write down uh, 10 things I'm grateful for and why I'm grateful for. Because when Einstein would be, be grateful for things, he'd say 100 things a day. He was a little, a little more advanced than me. But Einstein would say, you know, 100 things he's grateful for and why he's grateful for those things. And I think that's really where it gets close to home. I do that every morning. And, uh, you know, I feel like when I start a day with gratitude and I do some meditation, some prayer, um, 
my day was a hell of a lot better because my edges are softer. If I get out of bed late and I roll out of bed and I run out the door and I run into work, um, you know, I, I can, you know, not intentionally, but one person rubs me the wrong way and that could set my day off. Yeah, yeah. It's meditation, gratitude. Your edges are softer. I, I appreciate that. And I, I can tell that, that or at least it's my perception is that, that, that you can be an intense guy and, and I can be the same way. And I can have some pretty sharp edges if I'm not careful and I do need to round those off. Um, so that's what a, what a valuable daily practice. Um, somebody just told me recently, he's like, you know what? I think when, when you're brushing your teeth in the morning, that's, that's a great time to be doing gratitude. Um, how, how, how long did it take you to figure out that you needed to write it down? You know, it's crazy. Um, sometimes I get embarrassed saying this cause there's a book I read. Okay. When I was at the bottom, I read this book, um, Excuse me, feel the fear and do it anyways. It's by a woman named Susan Jaffers, and uh, she was a recovered breast cancer survivor. And um, usually, you know, you think you see something. I was held in a, a jail cell for violating probation. My mother sent it to me. But it was about like walking through fear. And then eventually, there's a woman who wrote The Secret, that, you know, the book and the other movie, but uh, <laughs> I never read that per se. But um, there's a sequel to it she wrote called The Magic. It's a 28 day gratitude book, and it has all these little corny things you do for 28 days. I did it once and it had such a profound impact on me. I, I buy 10 at a time and give them out to clients, friends, you know, anybody who's got anything going on in their life. That got me into that practice about three years ago. And I might do that part and take a month off or so from it. And I'll do some gratitude work still, but I won't go as intense. But when I'm in that, that's like a 28 day, like, you know, all bets are off, you know, no hell's bad, you know, go at gratitude. And uh, when I'm in that, I'll tell you. I'm like a different guy. I mean, this summer, I was, my edges getting a little sharp again. I was getting a little stressed. And I'm telling you, I just hit that for 28 days. My wife did at the same time, and we were like two different people again. I, why, why it takes us getting the edges sharp again sometimes to go back to it, I don't know. Well, that's that whole human being thing, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. Yeah. yeah, that's what a buddy of mine said, too. You're just a human being being human, buddy. Let it go. Yeah, you're a human being being human. That's what I'm taking, you know, it's like all that stuff, all those mistakes you make, it's just such a human thing to do. So don't, don't beat yourself up too bad, but yeah, amen. When, when you have a practice that works all, all, all too often, we start doing it or we, 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 we stop doing it and then you return to it and, and, and it works again. So I guess, um, I guess you're grateful for that as well. I love it. Well, Ryan, Absolutely. Savage Nation is ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them? Okay, this is um this has been a good experience, a good life changing tip for me. Um, what defines a person is what they do for somebody who can do nothing for them. You know, I, I run a program at a jail on Fridays. I try to do a lot with the homeless, and that's something that's personal to me. But um, I, I've learned that that's the most fulfilling stuff. It's what defines me. So, well, I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets come on, come on. What defines a person is what that person does for somebody that that, that can't do anything for them. Yes. Nice. That is powerful right there. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Well, summitfinancialpartners.org. I know that's a long one. We, you know, that's the last one on the bus, I guess. But you get <laughs> summit, as 2 m one t financial, partners is plural, dot org. Perfect. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Ryan your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to summitfinancialpartners.org and get in touch with Ryan. Thanks again, Ryan. Awesome. Hey, have a great day. Thank you. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. 
spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money, getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right.